Welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and today we're actually on site down in Memphis, and I'm here with the pastor, Baron Martin. Uh, Baron, welcome to the to the Radio BNR. Thank you for having me, Chris. Real pleasure. So uh, tell me just a little bit about uh, about yourself, because you're a bivocational pastor, so pastoring this church, and yes. I want you to also tell us a little bit about your church as well. I appreciate that. Yes, again, my name is Pastor Baron Martin. I'm the pastor and founder of One Faith Christian Center Church here in the uh, West Frazier area, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. We're actually located in the West Side Middle School uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. It's 3389 Dawn Drive, Memphis, Tennessee, 3127, if you ever want to come and visit. Uh, but no, uh, to your question, uh, I am a product of the Frazier community. I grew up here in Frazier, and I was one of the ones that had a parent. I, raised by a single mother but she was she, she couldn't give me a whole lot chris but one thing she gave me she gave me jesus mm. you know every type of outreach that was available to me uh she put me into it and with that being said i was in Frazier and grew up in this environment and so when god gave me the opportunity to leave to better myself as a person i took it uh now i did go to college but I'm a bivocational pastor. What I do for a living is I went back and got my certification. I am a licensed HVACR technician. So what I do is I service, install, repair, heat and air conditioning, refrigeration equipment. And that has allowed me to be able to live a pretty decent life. And I lived and moved out into the suburbs. And when I started pastoring, you know, uh, God just compelled to me that it was time for me to go back into my community to help those people get out of the condition that they are uh, presently in. And so it just made sense because I was praying and asking God what would be my avenue back into Frazier and be able to make an impact, especially on our children. And of course, you know, the school, they're going to come by there eventually. So I went in and I partnered with uh, West Memphis, I mean, not West Memphis, um, West Side Middle School uh, up on the leadership of Dr. Mike Brown at the time. Now it's up under Dr. Bobby White. But Dr. Mike Brown invited us in, and we have mentors in here every day. And he liked what he saw me doing uh, in terms of proctoring and mentoring these kids. And, you know, they've taken Christ out of schools pretty much, unless it's a private Mm. institution. This is a public education place. And he asked me would I come in every Wednesday and hold chapel. And so every Wednesday at 7.45, we fill the gym up, and I will give those kids an inspirational message. And through that, I've had over 300 kids to receive wow. Christ uh, just here alone. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's what happened. Well, you know, you've stuff like that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You have to earn your way in. You have to mm-hmm. earn trust. So talk a little bit about how the church has really connected not just with this school but with this community. Okay, great. Thank you for asking me that. Uh, how we ain't earned the respect for is basically being honest with social media. People got to believe you're walking out what you're saying. Yeah. So when we have uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all those things, or any live app that we have, we put it in place to be able to see us assisting people. Not for show, but we was actually asking how can we be involved in certain places 
in Frazier. So we was got the I was petitioned. Uh, I would go live on uh, uh, through Facebook and ask is there any events going out that we can come and be a, and participate with. And like for instance, if your church was having something going on in it, and you just may be short or you just want the community mm-hmm. to be involved, my team and I we would go over there and assist you in any kind of way we did, and that build trust in the community to say these people are not wanting anything but to be a part of what's going on and to add to the kingdom. So I start off by touching on these different churches and when I started touching these different churches just helping them these people they have a lot larger congregations than I have mm-hmm. even to this day and they saw my passion for it and with that I ran into a, a man by the name of Ricky Floyd he pastors a church here in the Frazier area and me and him sitting down he asked me uh, what was God saying to me and I told him that God was teaching me uh, was calling me to be uh, you know effective with the youth in Frazier to kind of combat this gang violence and things of the nature there and he asked me what I wanted to do I said I wanted to adopt a school and he asked Actually, uh, has uh, one of the officials of the school board works uh, with Westside, name of Theodore King, and so he told me to reach out to Theodore King. And when I met Theodore King, he was like, "Man, I, your name precedes you." He said, "We've been watching you for quite some time," wow. and he said, it's, "It's it's it's an honor." And he was like, "Well, let me say this to you." He said, "We've had a lot of larger churches come through here to say that they want to adopt the school. They come over here, bring out the news, take mm-hmm. a picture, and leave a check, and we don't see them anymore." Right. So I said, "Well, you don't have to worry about that because I don't have a check to leave you." <laughs> <laughs> so. We went over there, and we've been consistent. You know, we adopted the school three years ago, and our impact has been so uh, effective over here that last year they asked me, "Did I, how would I feel about taking up residence and moving my church into the actual building?" Wow. And so that's how we got here. So, so let's back up just a little bit and sure. just just talk a little bit about. So, if you go from this church and draw a one-mile circle around it. Mm-hmm. Just talk a little bit about the community in which this church sits because when we talk about the needs and connecting with the community mm-hmm. without really understanding the community, it would be difficult to understand some of the challenges that, that you have mm-hmm. as far as not only being a church planner in this area, but uh, introducing people to Christ. And we'll talk about that part in just a moment. Absolutely. If you draw a circle around uh, one master conference of the where I'm actually housed as a church, you're going to see poverty in the worst way. You know, there are people here that actually do not have front doors to their homes. They're actually leaving blankets on it. And today, Chris, you can tell it's kind of chilly out there. Yeah. And so what we do is we just go around. There's gang violence very heavily in this area. Uh, was a large drug presence. But since we've been here, that has dropped by a third. Wow. Okay, but it was very drug presence here. It's a lot of uh, single parents. Uh, unemployment is very heavy and prevalent here. Uh, we have a lot of behavior issues that come from the effects of being in uh, in poverty, because poverty begets violence. You know, mm-hmm. children have been molested. There's incest. There's all of these different things that mm-hmm. we have to deal with in this particular area: break-ins, uh, murders homicides and we thank God that we've been effective because what God allowed me to do I preached outside on the parking lot for one year flat well you know mm-hmm. and whether it was cold or not we was out there preaching and we had a great time and 
when you're in a community this small, okay, just you're talking about a mile, the gangs are going to know who you are. Right. Okay. They're going to see, are you trying to do certain things? And I actually got the attention of a couple of other gang leaders in this area, and I asked to meet with them. And I went through, cause, uh, went out, spoke with a couple of them. They knew who I was. They respected what I was doing, you know. And I actually started telling them, y'all should come. Y'all should come in here. He said, we have been listening to you for a whole year. He said, if you haven't noticed that we have peace on Sundays. I said, no, I didn't know that. You know, he said, there's peace on Sundays because we have somebody who we feel is genuine in our community. Yeah. And they said, we're going to protect you. I said, well, brother, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, but the Lord protects us all. You yeah. know, I said, I would rather have you in here uh, to participate. Haven't won him yet, you know, to Christ, mm -hmm. but I want his respect. He does not try to be a hindrance in terms of me ministering to these children. So when you look at what's going on here, the struggle is you're fighting against the parents who are actually these kids are second third generation gangbangers you understand mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah. so their moms and some of their grandparents were in gangs or well and you even gangs. you even mentioned earlier that uh yeah. several of them come from homes where a parent might be incarcerated currently Absolutely. or mm -hmm. or has, has so that's obviously a part of it as well so yes. when you're looking at at this community uh, it is it is a community that is desperately in need of the light of the gospel. Absolutely. So when we talk about you know any way you slice it, Tennessee is a mission field is yes, one of the is. things that we look at. But talk a little bit about um, you know we have four five decent sized urban centers in Tennessee between uh, Memphis and Knoxville and Nashville, Chattanooga, and really. Clarksville is really growing in that aspect of being an urban center. Mm -hmm. It is a whole different mission field, really, than what we think of. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges of, of reaching uh, into those urban centers, and especially towards the inner city. The need for the gospel there, mm -hmm. obviously there's not you know a rush of church planters coming to the inner city. Mm -hmm. Just talk a little bit about the challenge of, of reaching the inner city and what it takes to do that. It takes a village to actually reach it, you know. And <clears throat> unfortunately, what I've discovered, Chris, the challenge is that the church is so divided. The community leaders are, are divided. Uh, and no matter what race, or culture that come from, we are divided. You know, Dr. King was correct when he says 11 o'clock is the most diversified or separated hour of the uh, of the week, you know, on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And so people are very protective. They think you're into member snatching, and it's perplexing to me, you know, when you have the love of God, you know, this is his church, and I'm just, we, we need to come together. What has been challenging is that you have people that will actually have other people pull away from you because they feel threatened by you wow. when you're on the same road, you know, to do kingdom work. Right. So we are our own worst enemy in the context in which you're asking me that question. I know you would like to think that it was something other than that, but it's other churches that become, that I found to be challenging with. They do not like to uh, coexist. They do not like to partner very often, you know, because they're threatened for some strange reason. You know, that's just the reality of it. I wish I could unfold it <laughs> better well, than that, but that's the truth. And, and the irony is it, it doesn't sound like there's any shortage of work to be it's done. It's not. <laughs> Absolutely. So it sounds Absolutely. like there's, there's plenty of 
uh, of available people mm-hmm. to fill churches. Absolutely. Um, it's a matter of going to get those. We're going to churches. get them. And that was a mistake, I think, speaking still to this question that you asked, is that, I, I mean, I'm not confined to the wall. You know, we're One Faith Christian Center is why we call it One Faith Christian Center. We're the church without walls. You know, uh, we still, we walk the community. We still uh, evangelize and pray uh salvation over the people in the streets that they want to see receive Christ right then and there and so uh, we've made <laughs> I wouldn't say a mistake we've made the incident of sometimes being over there spreading the gospel and uh, discipling and evangelize to people on another church's turf mm-hmm. so Fraser is like a little city you know I'm in West Fraser which is probably a smaller portion of it but you have the west north south and east parts of Frazier and each one of those areas with with the exception of West Frazier have a large following in each one of those other quarters okay they really just want West Mm -hmm. Frazier to just they don't bother with it but we preach the full gospel everywhere we go you know we go over to the north side and then you know you're running to these people when you have to meet the pastor he doesn't want to meet you said that I I disrespected him because I was out here uh, ministering people in his in his area and I didn't reach out i didn't know anyone you know how yeah. to did you know but that shouldn't be a reason we should be working together you know you've talked a lot about what your church has done in this community and just uh, serving people and ministering to people's uh, physical and human needs and it's really opened up some doors for you spiritually when you're communicating and, and talking to people have you found people resistant to the gospel or are you finding people open and hungry for the gospel i find them more open rather than resistance those that are resistant to the gospel they are they are faced with these are the ones that typically are third and fourth generation gang members okay uh it's embedded into them their god is their family as they call it you know what i mean and so you find resistance with that because they want to know where was god with this where was god with that there's always an excuse but those who are just living in poverty they won't hope they embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of these people are not members of my church particularly, but they're members of the body because I baptized over 300 myself, you know. Uh, and so we, the resistance comes from those who are just really uh, need to keep seeing the, the gospel lived out in our lives because they're seeing the generational curses of all these gangs that have been involved in and things of that nature there. You can see that in the schools too, you know, with these same kids, you know. These are the kids that when you go to chapel, they'll turn your back to you, you know, once you preach it. Because they've never heard Christ. Mm. They never really felt true love from a person, you know what I mean? It's always been a catch to it. You know, when I minister to these kids uh, one-on-one, you know, the first question is, what do you want? As if, if I want something from them, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's a mission for me to put them on, you know, <laughs> things of that nature. You know, it's still so unbelievable to be, to think that you can be in Tennessee mm-hmm. where we're called the buckle of the Bible belt. That's right. And to be told in 2018 mm-hmm. that, that there are people who are being encountered that have lived here, grown up here in the buckle of the Bible belt, 
and have never heard the name of Jesus. That's amazing. That's a shock to me. It's amazing. You know, uh, I work with a man. He was actually older than me. Uh, and I was ministering him to the gospel. He grew up in the Frazier area. And I asked him what he think about Jesus. He said, man, I don't know who that is. He said, I've heard his name before. And he said, and if that man did everything that they say he did, cool. You know, he said, I don't know. I wasn't raised that way. Wow. You know, that's amazing. Right here in Memphis, this is a grown individual. And these kids deal with certain things, you know. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine living in a household of violence and there's no hope there? You mm -hmm. know, and when somebody come to you about how Jesus loves you, it, it's hard to comprehend. Hand. So you have to give them something more tangible to see so they can understand what's happening there, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what we do. You know, we do that very effectively. We always extend our branch of love. If they go low, we go high, you know, so yeah, that's, right. that's how it is. So it really sounds like key to planning a church in an area like this, or really, frankly, any any area, that whole the whole idea of, of serving and ministering to a community and really expecting nothing in return. Absolutely. But to go and to serve and to connect and to just just be there is really vital to being able to earn a platform upon which you can share the gospel with people. Yes, you really have to have a way in into these areas. And it's okay to say in areas like this because mm -hmm. there's is more areas that are not like this than this one, you know. And so my thing is, well, yes. Well, we, we, we also live in a day, though, and I, I totally appreciate what you're saying, but we kind of have gotten to the point where almost anywhere the church has to prove I agree. that there is relevance and value because people, this culture that we live in now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're not like you know us where maybe we grew up with some influence with mm -hmm. church. Right. We live in such a secular culture that mm -hmm. the, the church has to prove relevancy. <laughs> I agree totally and that's why I you know I'm known as a radical preacher but I believe I do what is necessary to get the gospel out in love you know and that's why I love the uh, SBC conference, man. I love the Southern Baptist Conference. One thing that we put together is we going to share the gospel, mm -hmm. you know. But can you imagine if all the other entities got on the same page? Yeah. You know, we lead uh, in, in, in evangelism and, and, and in baptizing and in sharing the gospel. That's why I'm thankful to God that he led me to this organization, mm -hmm. you know, and all of the love and support that we get through it, the training. And there's still more training that I need right. to be able to get my staff totally on uh, uh, prepared to be able to share this gospel because you have to be able to share it at a certain level here. You got to make it relevant. You got to make it practical to these people so they will understand, you know, or they'll feel like you're just another church that's just blowing smoke to them, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. So you're in the trenches, you're doing all that, but when you step up out of the trenches and you look at the long vision out there, mm -hmm. What is it you'd like to see in a year from now, five years from now, for this church and this community? I really appreciate that question, Chris. A year from now, I would like to see us still in this school, to be honest with you. And the reason why I want to be in the school right now is because that's where the harvest is. Mm. Okay? The harvest is here. Believe me when I say that. And I want to have a vocational school in place in the school. Now, I'm in Westside right now, but now the good Lord has blessed me to have influence in <clears throat> the mothering, uh, the, uh, the, the feeder schools, they would call it, which was which is MLK Prep. Mm -hmm. I also ran by Dr. Bobby White, which is a feeder school for Westside, okay? And so by me being in the middle school, I'm catching them coming in from elementary on their way to high school. Yeah. So I want to put a vocational piece inside of the school in Westside as well as in MLK Prep, formerly Frazier, to spark an 
interest as an alternative to, to college. Not to say that we don't want them to go to college. Right. College is to go. Right. But I'm trying to tell them that these kids that are poverty don't even have college on their minds. And when you talk to them, it's almost like it's unattainable. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is give them something as an alternative to let them know, yes, we want you to go to college. But you can be a success without going to a college. And, and college isn't for everybody. It's I mean, not for everybody. In fact of the matter, you know, that, that just a trade skill or something yes. that enables them to, mm -hmm. to sustain themselves and mm -hmm. to hopefully break a generational poverty cycle, but to, to get out and to be able to control their own lives in that respect. That's right. But at the same time as they're coming through, they're also not only being equipped, equipped vocationally, being spiritually. equipped spiritually. Listen, you have no idea. Again, I told you that I work in HVACR. And every summer, you know, as one of our mentor in peace, I have about 10 kids with me. I have accounts around the little mm -hmm. mama's pop, uh, mom and pop spots around the city here. I take them with me, and I can take a refrigerator that's broken, and I can speak the gospel and make it relevant by showing them this repair through that. Mm -hmm. I had kids to actually weep as I'm fixing an air conditioner, maybe a washing machine, and me talking about switches and, you you know, and what Freon does inside of a line or anything like that, making me making it relevant and transparent and practical to the gospel. And they receive it because they get it. You know, they get it. So, yes, that's the whole key. You know, it's the first. I want the total person, you know, spiritually mm -hmm. as well as physically. You know, if you, if, you know, physical is probably little, but we got to build the spiritual man up, you know. And so we use every avenue we can to make it as practical, as relevant as we can to these people. And it's not just for children. But if we're going to change our future, we got to start with our kids. Absolutely. You know, so that's why I have a passion for the kids because it's hard. You know, this this right here, these these numbers are true. And in third grade, if a kid is not on third grade reading level, they're starting to discuss how many prisons they're going to have mm. because they're actually numbering and thinking of by the time this kid is seventeen, he's probably going to be locked up. Wow. So they have to make space for that. You understand? And so that's the type of thing we have to curb. So we're, t we're teaching them how to read. Just because you can read the words on the paper, but you don't know the meaning behind right. it. You have read, but you do not understand. If you don't understand, you can't read. You know, so we're doing comprehension. We're doing things like that. that and we're showing them something that they really never ever have to experience. And that's love. The yeah. love of Jesus Christ, man. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'm convinced I wouldn't be doing this. Right. You know, if it wasn't Jesus, if I didn't know the Lord as my Savior, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. But because I do, you know, I have to tell it. And I need them to know, you know, hey, I used to be you. You know, I could have been you. But look at me. And they have so much respect for me. You're going to do better than I am. Let me mm -hmm. show you. You know, and I'm just, you know, the gospel is me just telling one person where they can go get some bread. At. Well, I think, two, <laughs> I think two words that you really have, have mentioned in the course of this that are evident in what you and your church are doing. Uh, the first is love, and the second is hope. Amen. And, you know, both of those things are at the core wow. of the gospel. Yes. That, you know, God for, so loved the world. Yes. So he loved us. Loved us. And really without without mm -hmm. the cross no, and the resurrection, there's no, hope. there's no hope. There's no hope. And so, you know, you, you guys are bringing that to this neighborhood so and much. all of that kind of stuff. How could people pray for you and your church and your family? Thank you so much. Pray that we, first of all, receive the proper training to be more effective in our communities. And I also pray that God sends some more laborers mm. to come into the vineyard 
and pray that we have the resources. You know, we need those three things, Chris. Mm -hmm. You know, because with those we can be more impactful. You know, because the little we have, we've placed it in the in the Master's hand, and He's mm -hmm. made fish come from fish and bread come from bread. So I trust in God. But the harvest is still plentiful, but the laborers are few. So if we can get you to pray for us to be more effective through training, and if you get some laborers to come through here, and we get some, some continued resources, we would be it would be a tremendous help for awesome. us. Awesome. Baron, thanks so much Thank for, for spending a little time and for us to be able to, to be here. Uh, this actually is part of a Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions video uh, that will be produced and released in September of 2018. So uh, not only listen to the, to the podcast, but be sure and check out that video when it's released. Part of our emphasis for next year. And this is one of those things that when Tennessee Baptists give through the uh, Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions, you are supporting church planning uh, for churches just like this in places where there is a desperate need for the light of the gospel to, to be shown brightly. And you can rest assured the light is being shown brightly here on the west side of Memphis in the Fraser area. So thanks again. And Thank you for having me. This is Chris Turner for Radio BNR. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist's Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.